0: Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, my guest today is Ben Saunders, the polar explorer turned campaigner and speaker looking to restore the very earth he has explored from head to tail. Having skied for more than 6,000 kilometres on polar expeditions over the last 20 years, including a solo skiing expedition to the North Pole in 2001, Ben holds the record for the longest human-powered polar journey in history and the longest solo Arctic journey by a Briton. Ben, welcome to Changemakers. An absolute pleasure to interview you. I want to start with your own self-description. Entrepreneur, writer, cyclist, runner, weightlifter, dog lover, husband. It strikes me this is going to be a high-energy interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but I, I... I actually feel sorry to my wife when
1: she, she gets asked, yeah, what, what's what's been up to these days? You know, any new expeditions? What's he doing? And I, I struggle to explain what I do myself. I have one of the, one of those job titles with a lot of slashes in it at the moment. <laughs> uh,
0: does it make you quite a
1: fidget, you think? I mean, are you... <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think I was a fidget. I, 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 I probably, I mean, I'm old enough. I'm 44 now. So I, I don't think ADHD was around when I was a kid, but I'm pretty sure I would have be ah. in- Diagnosed. I, I didn't respond well as a boy to being told to sit still with my mouth closed in a classroom and remember things. You know, I, I like to sort of be obviously out, outdoors, preferably, but, but kind of doing stuff, trying things, experimenting. Yeah.
0: Well, well, let's talk about trying things and experimenting because I, I, don't, I don't think we can start anywhere but with these extraordinary achievements. The record for the longest human-powered polar journey in history and the longest solo Arctic journey by Britain. I mean, you know, first of all, I would say congratulations on such an epic achievement but where does that journey start when do you think that that is what I'm going to do, <laughs> I yeah, know what good, do.
1: <laughs> good good question it certainly wasn't my my career as advisor at school I blame it largely on a chap called John Ridgway who I actually saw up in Scotland three weeks he's now gosh 83 years old mm. but uh, back in the 1960s he, he crossed the Atlantic in a rowing boat with the chap called Che Blythe. So 93 days in a wooden boat, Boston to Ireland, long before, you know, GPS or satellite phones or even Gore-Tex had been invented. So sort of extraordinary, extraordinary adventure. And I guess rewinding one step further, I, I grew up without really knowing my dad. You know, my, he, my parents divorced when I was very young, five, and my dad was an orphan, so zero, no family on his his side. He actually died last year. And, yeah, mum remarried, that didn't work out very well. So I, I, as a kid, I think... For a uh, you know, even as a young man, there was this sort of blank space. you know, there's a sort of gap where I was well, looking. Was, looking it, for was it a, was it a space for where a role you, model?
0: Well, or also was there something about you wanted to escape to something? you wanted to look elsewhere, I mean, you know, in terms of how you might find elements of yourself? yeah, I, I think I think it was
1: both. I, I I think to start with, I was looking for uh, role model looking for a template what does it mean okay i'm getting older you know, i'm getting a bit a teenager now what does it mean to become a man and and looking back i think i, I latched on to what now seem almost laughably overblown caricatures of, of, of macho accomplishment it was it was men often with beards of course I've, um you i've know, seen the cr- photos crossing, <laughs> crossing ice caps you know climbing mountains <laughs> flying into space you know all, all that stuff so so
0: they were they were my
1: you know my, my role models they the sort of people that inspired me as mm. a as a as a kid so, as a young man, and that's what I wanted to do. I think
0: so. The spirit of adventure spoke mm. to you very strongly. I mean, what, what was the first thing that you would say was the, your first exceptional journey? Do you think? Oh, gosh, it's um, a good question. We
1: we moved, I guess, in my teens. We moved to to Kent, sort of from 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 southwest to southeast UK. And my brother and I decided to do a walk on the the North Downs Way, and I think we. I, I can't remember the reasoning behind it. I, I was, we were both very young. He's, he's nearly three years younger than me. So I was probably 15 or something. And we decided we're going to try and walk 50 miles. In twelve hours, which would be ludicrous. I mean, we chose my mum, you know, poor long suffering mum, you know, dropped us off and, and agreed to sort of pick us up fifty miles don't, away that don't evening. Get,
0: don't get lost. Yeah. <laughs> and we
1: I, we didn't finish it. It was just one of the hardest days of the year. We hadn't just didn't have enough food or water or anything. I was sort of knocking on people's doors, you know, sort of begging for water, these two kids with their hiking boots on. <laughs> yeah. So um there have been a few a few things like
0: that. You've <laughs> you've done a good job of that answer because when 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 I asked you your first big exciting adventure and you said Kent, I I thought where is this gonna go uh, but actually I, I have walked a bit of the North Way, so I know exactly what a beautiful walk it is let's go to some of your your bigger expeditions polar expeditions I mean it, it, this is the, the stuff that us mere mortals watch on the telly right I mean you you've been there You've skied it, walked it, you've done it. And tell us a little bit about it. Gosh, yeah. I mean,
1: the, the first expedition was was 2001. So I was 23 years old. I, I at that point, had no idea that this could or, or would become a career. I, it felt like a once once in a lifetime opportunity to join a, a chap called Penn Haddow, who was. Turned out to be in a way my my mentor. Yeah, this was an extraordinary apprenticeship. This first expedition. Twenty three years old, and the plan was was very simply to walk from the north coast of Russia to the, the North Pole, geographic North Pole. And there are different. There's a magnetic pole. That's where Top Gear drove. To, that's that's the easy one. But the, the proper one in my books, if you spin a globe, it's you know top and the bottom. they the Love easy poles. one. Exactly. Yeah. So 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 it, it appealed to me for a whole number of reasons. But it it was theoretically it was going to take about two months, about 600 miles in a straight line. And crucially, if you're trying to walk to the North Pole, you, you're walking over the sea because it's in the middle of the Arctic Ocean. You know, 5.4 million square miles of ocean bigger than America. So it's, it's a big area of nothing nothingness. Mm. And if, if you're daft enough to try and walk there, then you're walking over the frozen surface or semi-frozen surface of the sea.
0: So is it fair to say that the, the 23-year-old Ben was... <laughs> looking to conquer something was that was that what it was that because because obviously you've got a different relationship with nature I'd say potentially never I think about that that early chapter was it yeah sense, I, I want to achieve I think, something
1: I think yeah, absolutely I, I think I think early on yeah my early 20s there was there was a lot of ego involved and I don't mean I wanted to show off but I wanted to do something I could feel proud of but mm. I, I, had, I felt at that point I hadn't really accomplished anything I hadn't meet university I'd, I'd dropped out of Sandhurst you know didn't become an army officer hadn't really and, and and i think it came yeah it came from ego it came from probably a sort of low self-esteem yeah. in my early 20s like wanting to do something significant and doing, um, so that's doing, how it
0: started doing something remarkable and you know that you want to remark mm. talk about it i mean tell us a little bit about what you had to endure in terms of the <laughs> actual, the actual experience. yeah i mean i mean you make it sound like it was a You know, sort of like a bit of a quick trip out. But I mean, this must have put you through everything. I
1: was was pretty, pretty, pretty naive, I think, at the first expedition. I thought I knew what I was doing. I've been in the army. I've been ski touring in Norway. I was pretty fit, pretty strong, thought I was pretty tough. And we were dropped by, you know, a couple of sort of rickety Russian helicopters on the, the northernmost tip of the northernmost island off the north coast of Siberia, middle of nowhere. So, I think so was, just so capture yeah.
0: that moment, Ben, for so us. You, you get dropped off and the <laughs> helicopters fly off.
1: Yeah. What's the immediate thought? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, shock. I mean, <laughs> terror yeah I, I i don't think i've ever been loneliness more out of my depth not really but, there are two of us, but, but definitely sure. feeling isolation okay we're a um, long long way from home now you know and um, and might as well be been dropped on a on a different planet you know, i think the ambient air temperature that that morning we dropped off was minus 48 perhaps oh. yeah it's so extreme and you're you're walking onto the sea, and the ice is moving around, and it's all quite scary. And oh, oh, there are polar bear footprints. And oh, cri- crikey! You know we're sleeping in a tent tonight, and we're doing that for two months. Do, yeah, utterly out of my depth. Um, do you remember the? F- yeah. do, do you remember the first sunrise? Uh, well, interestingly, we were it was twenty four hour daylight, so we were there in uh, so you, like, spring summer. It so it was so, all so we. The- yeah, but but we started, I guess it was late February, early March, so sort of early spring. So the sun is very low and people always say, "I oh, don't get bored of all that white. Well, it was, be- I mean, it was terrifying, but beautiful as well mm. with a low, low sun on, on the sea ice, you know, extraordinary blues and oranges and, you know, colors are glorious. And then it gets brighter and brighter as, you, as, you, you know, as the sun gets higher.
0: So, so, who was the Ben that came back from that first expedition? <laughs> what have what you learned about yourself?
1: Well, pretty, pretty, pretty humbled because we didn't get to the North Pole. We got two thirds of the way there on that first trip. You know, came home feeling utterly crushed by this, by this defeat you know I, I was convinced we were going to pull it off I was I was going to be the youngest person in history we'd be the first British team all this sort of stuff I, I'd always imagined you know getting back to Heathrow Airport and 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 this you know paparazzi and autograph yeah. hunters and n- nothing none of that happened and I went back Did, home. did you view it as a yeah. failure in your mind? Or- oh just a bit, uh, yeah emphatically uh, in, in 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 the moment and for the sort of few weeks that followed and then I got a letter you know from a from a solicitors basically saying oh by the way and you owe this much money because Penn and I had agreed to split the cost 50-50. and we—it turns out—you know—chartering helicopters in Siberia is is quite pricey if, if you if you go over the, the the hours you'd imagine you're going to use. So I got sent a bill for nearly thirty five grand, and I, I had no money, no job, no degree. Uh, my mum and my stepdad just divorced. She was renting a little cottage. I was sort of camping out at her house, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And yeah, opened this bill for thirty five grand, and I thought I remember thinking, well, shit!" You know, I I, I think I was working sort of part-time behind the bar in the village pub at that point. So I thought well, it was going to take about a decade to pay that off at this at this rate. So <laughs> what if I do another expedition next year? Like me, so so of of the Twelve expeditions I've done in twenty years. Like the first two, almost this sort of Ponzi scheme, where I, I got in so much trouble on the first one. Yeah, the the so you only had, way out was 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 through.
0: You, know? you, you hadn't concluded ever at first. You don't succeed, give up. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that would have been the, that. Yeah, that,
1: that sort of normal sense of option. But um, no, I mean, it was it was interesting, and, and and yeah, people often talk about sort of commitment. I mean, gosh, there was I couldn't see any other any other way of. of, of but you, but you were back off,
0: and you were back off in months, weren't you? I mean, you, you didn't, yeah, we well, hang there, around. It, it, it was,
1: it was about a year later. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. So, but yeah.
0: but uh, but but in the scheme of it, I mean, people might do something like this once in their life if they're lucky. I yeah. mean, you were doing this, and in, in in the scheme of it, in a matter of days later. Yeah, and then it was
1: quite quite busy. I mean, there were quite a few. You know, so 2003, 2004 went to Greenland, 2005. So yeah, it it, it sort of kicked off. And I stumbled into talking about it you know, and, and getting paid. I, I hadn't even realised that was a thing. I didn't. I didn't do my first expedition thinking, "Great, I'm going to get on the speaking circuit. That would be fantastic." I, I didn't. Didn't understand people got paid to speak. And it, even if I had understood that it Would have sounded nightmarish to me, age 20, 21. You know, I was pretty mm. shy as a teenager. The idea of at that point of standing on stage in front of hundreds well, of people, I mean,
0: thousands. Yeah. You know. And I've and I've yeah. heard you speak. I mean, you and I first met each other at an event where I introduced you on, on stage, I think, and and Indeed. it was kind of like you know, and I it, it's it's just the, the most amazing story when, when, when you tell it. And what I took from it was that there were chapters of change for you where you have clearly gone through an evolution of as a person. And we've, t- you know, we've talked about, I suppose, Ben the Conqueror, um, <laughs> you know, sort of like, see that's the, ne- the next book, Ben the Conqueror. <laughs> read but but, but, th- but then there became Ben, the lover of the planet, right? You know, mm. that actually mm. you were very conscious and aware of the world that you were exploring. And mm. it strikes me that there have been very clear shifts along the way in your relationship with these Incredible natural spaces. Is, is that a fair mm. summary? Do you think?
1: Definitely. And I, I think that shift started happening probably t- 2004. So that's my first big solo expedition. So solo to the North Pole from Russia, 72 days on my own. I was 26 years old, and the first two or three weeks of that journey were, in a way, were the same as they'd, they'd always been up until that point. It was I, I saw this place as the ultimate crucible, a sort of arena to, to test myself, pitch myself against you know, nature at its at yeah. its at its sternest. And after two or three weeks, I started to get into a bit of a groove, and I and and no longer did it feel like I was battling this place or trying to conquer it. And and it almost felt like okay, I've figured this out. I'm getting better at this now. I don't feel terrified every day. I'm actually feeling a bit more confident now. And 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 it sort of felt like this place, you know, the Arctic Ocean, the pack ice, the Arctic Ocean. I was. I mean, there were lots of sort of weird realizations. One of them was that I was for a long time, probably the most isolated human being on the planet, you know, for, for mm. weeks of that journey, middle of nowhere. And also the sort of northernmost human being for for, for a few weeks, actually. And, and this sort of thinking, you know, everything... All of the stuff that's going on, all, all of the sort of you know suffering and crime and poverty and corruption, everywhere, That's all sort of south. And here right. I am, you know. Right, the,
0: yeah. Right. And, and, well, as a, as a Yorkshireman, I can tell you that being a, the northernmost human being, is a great, <laughs> it's a great accolade for you, Ben. So. Uh.
1: <laughs> and, and but th- but beyond that, I think there was this sort of feeling of, I mean, on good days, uh, absolute magic. You know, uh-huh. thinking, wow, like the, the, because it's it's pack ice, it's always shifting. This realization that the scenery, it's beautiful scenery I was seeing for 10 weeks of my life no one else had ever seen before in that in that particular formation no one else would ever could ever see again so I spent 10 weeks of my life on planet earth seeing beautiful sights that that are unique to me like so that you'll, was, ta- yeah.
0: you'll take them with you I mean mm. t- does that really fuel the environmentalism for, for you and so I mean I mean presumably you've seen the you know the shifts in nature you've seen climate change at at first hand I mean mm. Can you give us a sense of actually how it's changed the kind of the cost to to the polls, if you will, in terms of in terms of what's going on right now? How, how have you noticed that shift?
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it's most obvious, and I'm not a. I've said I, I don't have a degree. I'm certainly not a scientist, but I am a I am a you know a layman who's been lucky enough to to spend hundreds of days in these places over the last 20 years, more than a lot of career climate scientists. Yeah, you know, I have this this incredibly privileged perspective on, on, on how things have changed in the last 20, 20 odd years. And, um, it's I'd say it's most obvious you know to, to the to the unacademic naked eye in the Arctic, particularly the Arctic Ocean, Greenland also. but the Arctic Ocean you know 2001 Penn and I were dropped off essentially on the beach of this northernmost island. And walked onto the ice, uh, went back there in 2004 for this solo trip, and there was about 15 miles of open water. So I was dropped off on the edge of the ice by a helicopter, which in some people's books said, oh, it, it doesn't count as a proper North Pole expedition. You got flown over there. But I wasn't going to swim, you know, 15 miles to start, <laughs> start, the, start the trip. And, and, and I remember people at the time said, oh, it's just, it's a creek. Yeah, it's, you know, it'll, it'll the ice will be back next year, and of course. It never, never, never came back. Then. So it, it's it's quite telling that that you know that two thousand and four expedition, you know, solo to North Pole, No one's repeated that. No one's been mm. able to. It's it's it could have been a, a you know a world
0: last in some in uh, some ways. So well, I mean, which would be a tragedy, right? Mm. In terms of, mm. I mean, but it strikes me that the Ben I know is a very positive, optimistic person. But mm. what I see amongst the kind of environmental campaigners is an increasing anger about this situation we've seen it in recent months with all sorts of kind of big world gatherings I mean how, how do you feel about things right now in terms of actually I suppose our custodianship of of, of the planet
1: yeah gosh well it, I mean in some ways there is there is so much to be angry about and worried about but I I, I am an optimist I guess deep down and and to me there are uh, extraordinary sides to these places that, that actually in, inspire me deeply, not not just in terms of, oh, it's a beautiful place, but in, in terms of the way that humans operate, particularly Antarctica, which mm-hmm. is a continent. It's massive. It's the size of China and India put together. It's, it's 10% of the Earth's land mass, and yet it's also the largest nature reserve on the planet. Nobody owns it. No claims of sovereignty. Governed remarkably well compared to anywhere else on earth and um, by an international treaty. And one of the things that I love and one of the things that inspires me is, is that if if you are lucky enough or silly enough one day to rock up in Antarctica, no one checks your passport because it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. No nobody oh. owns Antarctica. So it doesn't matter where you came from and, and and or what it says on your passport or what flag was flying or whatever bit of earth you haven't been born on. And the only thing that matters down there is your ability to cooperate with your fellow human beings. In, in, oh. in a place that is often pretty challenging to be a human being and therefore kind of necessitates teamwork and communication so to me antarctica you know yes there's a there's a deeply alarming story when it comes to the the data um that's coming well both of the both polar regions but also i think there's a there's a lesser understood story that to me is is deeply inspiring about human collaboration in in Mm. a really challenging situation so i I,
0: i'm an optimist and that that (laughs) i think is very much the 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 theme when you look at things like Earthshot Prize and you know the, 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 I guess the positive things that we can do. I mean you, you know you mentioned Antarctica and I suppose the closest thing I've ever been to is watching Michael Palin go there and his great series and and that sense of togetherness of of mm. the community and I, I I did feel that when Antarctica rocked up with its first case of COVID, it was almost like the magic had. If you remember, for months it sort of it just mm. stayed apart, and then it almost felt well the world's problems are. Now, and yeah. now with it. it brings me on to, you know, we, we've lived through another extraordinary chapter in the human experience, which is a global pandemic. I, I would imagine for you personally, that that would have been an, a nightmare, wouldn't it? Being somebody who likes to be out and about and doing things. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably imagine that I,
1: I've I secretly I, I've, I mean, I've started traveling again now, but I, I, I actually strangely enjoyed it. You know, my, my wife and I, we bought a house in yeah, rural Gloucestershire end of, end of 2018. And then 2019, I, I was just away the whole time, flying the whole time, flying around, whizzing around, giving talks. And then I was working in Antarctica or between Cape Town and Antarctica from October that year until January, February um, 2019. So I, I, I barely seen this beautiful home that we'd bought mm. with a garden. and you know, So I, I, in, a, in a peculiar way, it was it was wonderful to be in and, one place.
0: And, and did, you have, did yeah. it give you a chance to focus on yourself in a different way, perhaps, in terms of, you know, I guess, reviewing things, thinking about life, etc.?
1: I did very much so. A lot of time to reflect. Obviously, there was zero, next to zero travel, um, way too much time in front of a screen, but but also a lot of time to think about the next chapter. Because, you know, my last big expedition was 2017, 2018 in Antarctica on my own 50-something, seven days, I think it was. You know, I realised during that, that expedition that this was now... It, in a peculiar way, the least adventurous thing I could be doing. I'd figured this game out and, and there was some satisfaction of thinking, gosh, after 20 years, I've, I've, I've got really good at this craft. And, and now actually this is entirely within my comfort zone, something that would be unthinkable to most people, you know, two months alone walking across you know, half of Antarctica. I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm saying I knew exactly what I was doing. And therefore it didn't really challenge me in the way that I, I, I like to be challenged. So you know, I always struggle with being introduced as an adventurer because I'm not. I'm not a thrill seeker. I, I don't jump off mountains with a with a sort of wingsuit on. That's not. Really, there's very little adrenaline in, the, in these expeditions. There's sort a of long, long slogs really, and lots of time to think and reflect. To cut a long story short, there, there has been a, a peculiar lockdown pivot, which is getting involved in a world that I've never. Imagine myself, which which is investment, asset management, you know which was sort of alien universe to me even two years ago.
0: But you're bringing, I guess, that uh, I you know the, the kind of green growth agenda mm. in, into that area. I mean, what, what one one thing you did do, you had a tattoo done this year with, uh, with you know, I'm not saying that's going to go down as one of your life's achievements, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but it but there's a lovely message. I mean, let's just just for the video clip. Let's have a quick look. It's on yeah, your yeah. It's, it? it's, it's it's sort
1: of hard to show on Zoom. It's on my, it's on my wrist. Try and twist my wrist around. Uh, we it's go. A ray it's, isn't it? Yeah, Panteray. So it's, it's in my wife's handwriting. It's my, my first tattoo. I had it done age 43. I'm 44 now. But uh, yeah, early this year. Yeah, in some ways, a little, little sort of note to self. There was a kind of toss up between that and I think Christopher Hitchens was asked years and years ago in an interview if he had a motto, and he said the closest he had was "Allons travailler," like let's get to work, and that was my. I, it was nearly that because I, yeah. Both I of think those. you chose a better <laughs> one. I,
0: I, e- e- everything flows, isn't it? That's mm. what it means. Mm. I, I really like that that message because I've I've often thought about you know that there's a great circularity in, mm. in 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 mm. life. I mean, is that is that what you were thinking about? Yeah, than
1: the- uh, very much so. Yeah, and it's obviously it's it's from Stoic philosophy. I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not huge into that, but there's a lot of lot from that that makes deep sense to me, probably from lessons I've learned the hard way on these expeditions. Like You, you have to figure out, in the Arctic and Antarctica, like what you can control and what you can't control. And, mm. and most of the, the crucial variables you know, on these expeditions, it, it's the environment, it's the weather. Clearly, it's the wind, the temperature, the visibility, uh, the snow. Uh, I, and the, I, mo-
0: the motion of life, isn't it? Yeah, Is and it, I, yeah. But, but there's a
1: lot of stuff that I can't do anything about. And yet, if you're not, oh, I say mindful, but if, if, if you're not being, if you're not really Jeopardizing your 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 focus, your attention, um, your energy very easy to get angry at the wind, or, or, or you know, scared about the crevasse buildings of the horizon and nothing to do about that. So, so for me, you know, one of the big lessons of these screaming these at these expeditions, wind. yeah, is, is <laughs> have actually you done ever a, done Have you ever that's done it? A, then? That's, a, a <laughs> that's a, oh, I I have done it for sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the I I often think every every other word on these solo has been a swear word. Yeah, but because uh, there's a lot to get frustrated about, a lot to get scared about, and 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 I think that holds true as as a sort of, you know, as as a, as a useful rule for life. You know, we've all spent. A lot of time, last eight months, in front of our screens, your screen, if it's connected to the internet, will happily give you twenty-four hours' of stuff that will make you feel worried, you know, furious, outraged, you know, scared, whatever. But you can't do anything about really. Mm. So, so I think to me that you know one of the the big lessons from these experiments is, is, is you know, I think it was Jurgen Grobler, the rowing coach. He was he he would say, control the controllables, and Mm. again that that goes back to.
0: well, and I, and I suppose that you know that that's a message, you know, about how you focus. And I suppose mm. it, you know there's a, there's there's something about the physicality of what of what you do when you're on on these expeditions. But mm. I suppose there is an an element of the spirit, the soul, that, you know that's why I rather like the everything flows message. Mm when you are facing something like one of those expeditions where you just have to spend a lot of time with yourself as you know what I mean, in terms of in terms of sort of facing life where you don't have all of the distractions the the technology what's it do for you how is it, it, it is it easy for you or, or or did you actually find this is you know this is very difficult hmm. i mean I would say probably more on the very difficult end of the spectrum, but I, I, I
1: would also say that I, I'm probably inclined more towards in, introversion. I'm, I'm happy with my own company. I'm not a raving loner. Like that, that's not why I wanted to to get, do these solo It's Not because I'm, I'm I don't like people. That's not not the case at all. It was just because that seemed like the highest, mm. you know, the level of the challenge ladder I aspire to. so
0: that see, the- it's funny. You say you're introverted. I, I don't think anyone that knows you would would use that that phrase. <laughs> you know, you're a gregarious person. You've you've you know you, I, I'm sure listeners will would, would agree is that you know you're you come across as a people person that actually you fly I, the am. I yeah. love,
1: love, love being here. I I love I'm back in London right now. I lived in London for 20 years. I I, I love I love extremes. Yeah, I, I like complete <laughs> wilderness, um, often on my own, and I love cities and, that, and the energy that comes with them. So yeah, so I, I'm always wary of these labels. I heard a lovely line actually on a podcast a few days ago. Somebody said that truth is always nuanced, and I think I think that's just a that's a really and 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 of course we're, everybody's looking for a soundbite and, and 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 so much discourse and debate right now is sort of pushed towards the binary and and, and yeah truth is nuance i think pe- people are too characters are too so I, I i wouldn't say i am an intro at full stop
0: but i'm i am happy in my own company with my own company so um, i've I, I, I had an interview recently with an author where we we discussed this issue about the nuance of truth and our truths and the the mm. very you know the very clear subjectivity issues that come in with that you know obviously Mm. the truth should be objective but it brings me on I I suppose to 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 my final question which is kind of like you've got a tip for life which which I think is a great tip. I'll just I'll just read it, out He's Work work hard and be no, and be nice to people. So, well, so, you, did, yeah, so you did get so your homage like... to Christopher Hitchens in somewhere. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. If I, I I'm not
1: at home, this is I mean my in-laws have a flat in love that I can camp out in. case you up. But I but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have my, my, my sort of normal Zoom backgrounds. Annoyingly, about my office my lockdown office is a spare bedroom. And, and like like a lot of people, I, I haven't it it hasn't worked out. So I have my big bookcase behind. It's not. It's just a wall with a poster but the poster is um, it's for framed prints i bought it years and years ago i can't really artist name anthony burrell i think it's a a screen print yeah. but it it just says work hard and be nice to people and i just i think that's a pretty good maxim for for life and something i try to maybe only that tattooed on the other arm just a just a reminder but um, (laughs) something i've 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 tried to do And, and certainly because i've been the the you know the the recipient of 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 so much kindness and generosity from people that that had no real reason to help me out over the years and and took a punt on me took a risk on me you know were were, were generous with their time and advice so I try to sort of reciprocate these days and 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 uh, yeah I'm you know somebody asked me oh is there another expedition you're doing yeah well, i a I'm more interested now in sort of handing over that baton I've got no itch to go and put my stage harness on and try and break another record there are different challenges ahead now
0: absolutely wonderful Ben Saunders thank you very much for joining me on Change Major changemakers is brought to you by the campaign's firm seven hills and presented by me michael Heyman. pure being is the name of our soundtrack and it's written and performed by the brilliant B.T. wolf to find out more head over to changemakers.works and if you like what you hear why not give us a rating